0: In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World. Episode 75 now is the winter of our discontent. I am... Andrew Langer
1: I think I'm Jerry Rogers but I have no idea where I
0: am well that's you know we're listening, we're trying something new for, for those of you who are listening I'm trying this uh, immersive background feature on the program we use to record we may experiment with this just a little bit but to make it look like Jerry and I are in the same room in fact Jerry I'm going to turn and look at you how are you doing buddy good to see you all right all right go. Hey. hey actually actually high five Hey, there we go. Virtual high five there. Um, uh so episode 75. Happy new year, everybody. We're so hey, glad you, again, you can join. By the way, Jerry, we hit another milestone in terms of our downloads. Um, so we're very Ooh. excited for that. Uh, we appreciate it. Listen, I'll take this opportunity to say in the new year as we move forward. Uh, If you are listening or watching Andrew and Jerry Save the World, please subscribe. Uh, Please leave us a like. Leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you are consuming the show on. And most importantly, spread it by social media. Let your friends know. Let your family members know. Let your family members' friends know. Let your uh, friends' family members know all about Andrew and Jerry Save the World. Um, So... You know it's funny, Jerry. I was talking to one of our uh, one of our huge fans yesterday, who was starting to get angry that we hadn't done a show. But it's been a it's been a busy
1: new year for both of us, isn't it? It has been, and there's been snow and weather and climate change. Apparently, uh, if it snows, it's climate change. Right. If it doesn't snow, it's climate change. Uh, January second, New York Times headline. Headline. Yes. Uh, snow is gone forever. Right. Climate change. God will Tend- not be God will not be mocked, Jerry. Ten days later, January twelfth, uh, New York Times, same paper, paper of record. The great lady says climate change will cause more snow. Right. So it's it's say I, I I it's say anything science and you know what I was I was I was I was uh, uh, I was curating uh, this morning you know articles and links for uh, for real clear and and it's amazing how because of the weather the snow in maryland in tennessee you know in tennessee right. and we're seeing lots of uh weather cold weather in january surprise so it's amazing how the left really does respond together in unison there are all these pieces uh, this morning that that i read on how uh climate change will cause cold weather right but right. it also will cause warm weather, right? It will also cause rain or not. The, the The point is, is that we are just so messed up, and 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 we're not dealing with science when oh, it comes to climate here's, change.
0: Here's the reality, right, Jerry? The climate changes for all kinds of factors. Yeah, wasn't there an ice age once? Well, yes, that's
1: the, the oh my. And wasn't only, was there one ice age? There have been several ice ages, right? Saves, and, and wasn't right? the the Sahara desert once a rainforest? Well, you know, listen, that's
0: that's a there's an old joke that's that's inherent to that. A, a little little guy shows up at a lumber camp. He wants to be a lumberjack. And and the the foreman looks at him and says, "Well, where have where have you worked?" And he says, "Uh, you know, I've been here, I've been there. Uh my most recent work was in the uh the Sahara forest." And the, and the lumberjack the foreman says, "Don't you mean the Sahara desert?" And the little man says, "Well, it is now." Yeah, <laughs> but um bump. But um pump I know it's a terrible joke, but uh terrible joke.
1: But yes, the earth goes you, Jack, through right. cooling and warming, it goes through hot periods, warming right. periods, uh, it goes through um it goes through uh, uh cooling periods. And here's the thing, right? All all science says to us now, all the journals and and the peripheral and second secondary uh journals are telling us that 2023 was the hottest year on record. There are more uh, extreme weather events in history. But however, it's it's not true. First of all, right. I, I know this isn't the topic of the show, but let me just get this out. And no, 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 please go ahead,
0: Jared. But, 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 for,
1: but first of all, when they say 2023 is the hottest year on record, what they mean is is that it, that the average temperature in 2023 is the hottest they've ever recorded. And however, they it's the average temperature. So they go to certain certain points around the globe right. to collect data. But however, we know that in the US, for instance, we actually 2023 saw a cooling. Well, so if, this there was, gets, it, if, if, if there was if
0: there was in the Newton's law of thermodynamics, which is when you have a, a body that heats at one end, you know, you're gonna have cooling at the other. I mean, this is
1: this is you know but but the, but the same, to say to take the average, you know, and say this is the hottest year is is really uh, using stats to deflect on the issue.
0: Well, it's also—I mean, obviously, it also gets so much more. Get, but Bjorn Lomborg had a really good piece up yesterday about this and about the economics of global warming. So, not climate change. Let's assume for a moment that climate change is means means warming and it means global mean average temperature. I guess global mean temperatures and average temperatures are same same thing. But if the if if the uh, if the global mean temperature goes up by, I, want, I think he said 1.5 degrees, economically it means that, it, you know, that it means, because, you know, part of this is it's going to make the poor poor, it's going to do all of these things. Really what it means for, for global GDP is a loss of about 0.75%. And then, of course, the next question is, and I don't think he answered this in this piece, which is, All of the economic engineering that the left wants to go through to ameliorate that one degree centigrade or 1.5 degree centigrade in terms of climate change will have, it will will destroy global economies. You know, it's interesting, actually, Jerry, this is a perfect segue into this this major issue. You and I have talked about this. Folks have heard me say ad nauseum my line that the most well-intentioned policies eventually bump up against very real realities. Talking about these cold weather events, what have we learned about electric vehicles, Jerry? We learned that they don't
1: work very well in cold weather. No, they don't. And, and, and you know, so, sorry, go ahead. And, it, and there's a geopolitical issue layered on top of this. So you're right. Uh, the EV battery has half the lifespan in cold weather. We know that you right. know there's problems with charging stations, etc. However, we also know that if you don't own a car made in China or it's battery made in china today you will very soon yes because our economic policy trade policy our climate change policy uh, is is with these ev mandates electric vehicle mandates and these subsidies and these you know government interference in the market uh is only empowering china right. china china owns the electric vehicle market it owns the ev battery market you No, know, it's it's funny
0: two two things on this point jerry Number one, I had a conversation yesterday with a county commissioner from a county in Colorado where they have on their public lands a lot of these rare earth minerals that cannot be mined in the United States because of mandates by the Biden administration. Right. At the same time, I turned around and had a conversation. I was over at CEI last night. By the way, congratulations to our friend and colleague Richard Morrison for the one-year anniversary of his podcast, Free the Economy. Um, was having a conversation with one of their scholars yesterday Uh, on environmental issues and they're tracking the situation jerry when they do mining in china um now you know i'm sure you know this i'll explain it to people when you mine there are all kinds of waste materials that are produced by these mines and they're usually put into tailing pits and retention ponds so ponds that are filled with water to sort of keep the the waste down and 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 not so that it doesn't go into the air um, and, and you have runoff from the processes uh, of refining uh, the, the, the raw material into, into these minerals. Well, apparently, Jerry, uh, none of these or many of these retention ponds are not lined properly. And so the wastewater that is filled with the waste byproducts of nickel and cadmium and lead and other things that are used to make batteries for electric vehicles, uh, it's all leaching and potentially leaching into the Yellow River. And that is the water source for about 350 million people who will be poisoned by this um, because China doesn't care about environmental regulations. They just care about dominating marketplaces.
1: Uh, Wait a minute. I thought we just had a COP 28. I'm I've been told by the global elites that China's on board uh, with environmentalism and conservation and climate change. Andrew, are you saying that the Chinese might have told uh, an untruth. Well, you know, it's it's right, Jerry. It's it's one of those things where there are half
0: truths that are at work. China may very well be on board with cutting emissions and not building coal plants because they're gonna go, they may shift over to nuclear. It would not surprise me if they shift over to nuclear. But as a, but it. as
1: they say they're on board, they're building coal. Well, yes, plants. of course. Well, that's what they're doing. <laughs> right.
0: This is this is this is the issue of, of the transition periods, Jerry, between communism. Well, I'm sorry, between socialism and capitalism or socialism and communism. Um, so you, you have those things going on, but that's, that's the, that's the 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 thing that gets me is these lessons that we learn, right? When your power goes out, um, you cannot charge your electric vehicle. Uh, right. and if it's weather like today, and we, and we lost
1: power uh, just recently right, here at the Rogers at the, at the blue house, we lost power. And uh, you no, know we did. Uh, uh, number one, we could use a generator, a portable that's uh, powered by fossil fuels. Right. Uh, number two, uh, we didn't need to do that because the power was off for just about, I mean, eight hours or so. So we were okay. But um, number two, though, when we had to charge our phone, guess what we did? We Which, went out to the car. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, so, but he, but, here, but here's, again, here's the, la- the layeredness to this, right? Yeah. So we're talking about conservation, environmentalism. We're talking about climate change. Uh, China is going its own way because it cares about domination and power. Uh, It cares about um, uh, uh, China first. It's okay, China first, right? Well, the Chinese, of course. But however, uh, this administration uh, is acting as if they are purposefully undermining America. You know, since Joe Biden took office, we have between 8 and 9 million undocumented illegal aliens. 9 million. Have you? I mean, think about that. 9 million. Have you
0: seen this latest image jerry and, that's circulating about you know if you're an undocumented immigrant you show up at an airport right and and you don't have you don't have you don't have an id it's your option to get your picture taken
1: yeah but i mean this it, it, is it, it's it, it's, yeah, it's, sorry, it's madness ahead. but also uh, on on undocumented aliens you have for instance in maine they are right. building housing for undocumented uh, building housing, giving them cash payments, giving them access to uh, one hundred thousand dollars each for yes. legal for legal um uh for legal uh, advice uh giving them uh, it's, it's we are we are pouring uh welfare and cash and legal aid, housing on these undocumented migrants. and yet there are Americans uh, there was a special I, I watched a news a new show today. I was shocked to watch it that how Americans. Are uh, are being crushed by inflation. Still, uh, the the uh, the underlying the underlying inflation, the core inflation under Biden is still three point nine percent. I mean, uh, groceries are up, I think thirty percent. Energy twenty seven percent. It's amazing that we're being crushed right. by this economy. And at the same time, the Biden administration is literally giving housing and food and cash and medical care and legal care uh, to undoc- to undocumented uh, uh, invaders. And, you know. and again, why can't we have an America first policy uh, where we say this is not good for the U.S.? And again, I just to close the loop, please, you, I mean, it's not just the open crisis, uh, the open border crisis. It's also how we have just uh, we have just given up with China, uh, uh, how the Middle East is a wreck, how there is war in Eastern Europe. This administration, you couldn't you could not write a movie where there was an insurrection or a coup where a powerful elite took over the government in order to undermine and fundamentally transform now, the country. It's funny you say that, Jerry, because I was toying with that
0: story years ago. I mean, we're talking probably 25 years ago, toying with the story of sort of the elitist cabal uh, working to run things. It's interesting for that because I had a conversation... Uh, on on one of the radio shows I was I was uh, a guest on yesterday about what's going on with the World Economic Forum and Davos and uh, Javier Malay's speech especially you know you've got um, who was it who was just warning the folks at Davos about about what they're doing you know but this idea of you know Malay and victor orban and you know the folks in the netherlands and the folk frankly in france you know the the march of conservatism or free market and limited government ideals to push back against these the the elites i mean here's a here's the push pull right jerry The, the, the 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 we have folks who are understanding what's going on and this is where you get the javier malay election down in argentina and you get changes happening in Europe pushing back against the EU. But what the left is counting on, and this gets into the Supreme Court's arguments earlier this week, the left is counting on the um, uh, the inertia of the bureaucracy and the administrative state and the fact that the administrative state is wrapped up in, in, in every aspect of Americans' lives to continue to push this agenda. Uh, we had two instances in the last 10 days, shocking to me, of of executive branch agencies pulling back, you know, regulatory proceedings because of the public outcry. The public is noticing, but the left also knows, and the elites know especially that you know they we can't notice everything. It's impossible for us to notice everything. So whether it is the EV mandate or whether and we can't fight everything in court because we don't have the resources. So we can't fight the dishwasher and the washing machine mandates, you know, that that all the time here.
1: Anyway, you know, I'm sorry. They're, 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 to your point, there's a uh, uh, there's a column today I read on uh giving praise to um giving praise to Westmore uh because he's addressing the housing crisis in the state of Maryland. And I find it very interesting because they're giving him credit because he wants to um again interfere in the market. Right. Uh, he he wants affordable housing. Never mind affordable housing and how the government uh uh, uh Enacts of affordable housing. Never mind the fact that affordable housing and access to housing are two different things. You know, this is right. the same thing with medicine, right? Uh, you want to have Medicare for all or Medicaid for all, uh, which is which sounds nice in, in a you know a Bernie Sanders soundbite, but the fact of the matter is, Medicare for all doesn't mean access for all, right? Right, and 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 the same thing with housing. Um, same thing with housing. The problem is is that. The problem is, is that their their solutions cause problems. Right. And back back, 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 but back, back to your point. So um, we're talking about uh, 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 these mandates uh, uh, to the take uh, t- taking out uh, gas stoves and houses and all the rest of it. So on one hand, Wes is 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 pushing a mm. is pushing a climate action agenda that will cost the state of Maryland that now has a structural deficit about a billion dollars a year. Also, we know that these new climate action uh, when it comes to housing and, and health care, it increases the cost. Right. Right. These these new mandates on housing, these uh, taking uh, taking taking uh, uh, taking away fossil fuels uh, in, in terms of healthcare, only increases the cost. So he's getting praised by the elites for his interference or his intervention on housing but they don't examine that his other policies specifically on climate change is going to drive up the cost of housing and drive up the cost of medicare of of, of health care so it's, it's yeah
0: well in maryland especially right the issue of 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 policies that are window dressing that don't actually address problems but sound good that's been going on I mean that's, that's been going on since time immemorial and it's emblematic of the problem of having one party rule in any kind of a, a system, whether it's a state or whether it's the federal government or what have you. Um, that's that's certainly that's certainly an, an issue. you know it's it's interesting because I have been and you know this Jerry because you and I've talked about it, I have been working on trying to write an op-ed and the op-ed started off as one thing last week um, uh, dealing with a uh, uh, attacks on religious freedom. And now I want to come back and 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 work on it from a whole this concept of the whole of government, and this gets into what you're talking about here, Jerry, because Westmore is doing this. Um, oh, I, I'm sorry, not just the whole of government side of it, but the reality is that the left no longer cares. Well, they, they maybe they didn't ever care about well, the cost of it, regulation or the cost of public right. policy. Um, then, but well, a, a, now, a, a, hold on, Jerry. Hold on. Amen to
1: that. They don't care.
0: No, and, and that's just it. And, and how do we know this, right? This isn't me spitballing and engaging in hyperbole. The Biden administration just went through an effort. So there's a, a process by which new rules are supposed to be examined for their costs and benefits. And there's a procedure that was put out that's been put out for years by the Office of Management and Budget to do this. And it's governed under something called Circular A4. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole completely. The point is that the Biden administration updated circular A4 back in the spring and into the summertime, a couple of proposals, folks commented on those proposals. And from our perspective, mine, the good folks at CEI elsewhere, is that the administration in this proposal said that they no longer care about costs. All they care about is benefits. And the problem of course is that when you, when you have, when you create artificial benefits, you can gin the system to do anything that you want. And sure. this is this is this is true whether it's the issue of affordable housing, right? You just make a pronouncement. Well, this is going to solve the problem. The benefit is it creates affordable housing. Damn listen, cost damn. Go ahead.
1: Again, just to put a, a real life uh real time uh highlight to what you just said. Um uh, New York congressman squad member, uh, Representative Jamal Bauman, a member infamous for trying oh. to stop a vote by going through the emergency door. By the way, he was never never punished for that, uh, never punished for interfering with government proceedings. Right. Or, or, and he lied about it. But regardless, it, it, it's a Democrat. He's a he's a he's a squad member. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's a uh He's a, he's a member of a protected minority class, so therefore, we don't hold him accountable. But anyway, he put out this week, uh, he floated this idea. He he, he he and eight others have a bill for reparations, slavery reparations, uh, $14 trillion. And someone in the media had the temerity uh, or the courage, or maybe they were in thinking, and they asked him, how would you pay for it? His response was, we will spend it into existence. Right in other words they don't know and they don't care 14 you know, trillion dollars the, the irony
0: is Jerry and you know this I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm now finally uh going through and watching the west wing and yes. and I I'm, I'm at the episode where josh is uh, um arguing with uh, a guy who's the nominee for the assistant attorney general for civil rights and he had endorsed some book on reparations and the cost that this gentleman says to Josh Lyman played by Bradley Whitford is uh, it's going to cost $1.3 trillion, (laughs)
1: you
0: know, kid stuff, you know, listen, if, if only it would cost $1.3 trillion.
1: Also this idea of reparations is so offensive. I don't understand how it is even considered in polite company because uh, not only has the U S government and the American people paid reparations uh, through uh, blood, the Civil War, uh through blood, uh, the Civil rights movement uh through uh through Treasury in terms of the great society, uh through um uh, education, with affirmative action uh with and, and the list is on and on. We right. have already spent multi-trillions of dollars. The problem in our culture in terms of the wealth, racial gap, in terms of the schoolhouse to jailhouse pipeline, this is not a money issue. It's not a wealth issue. It's certainly not an issue related to slavery, given that, I mean, the percentage of Americans uh, uh, in terms of, 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 of first and second generation immigrants, uh, most of us weren't even here during the... the But my point is this, just real quick, I apologize, I'm long-winded today. But the, but the point is, uh, is 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 that... Uh, it, this is this is offensive and the problem is it's a cultural problem uh it's the breakdown of the family problem it's a public school failure right. problem But uh, let, it is a right well, let's let's get to
0: what you were talking about with what wes moore was saying in terms of housing and what the impact of his proposal will actually have on housing the point in the end is you can talk about all of these things we can talk about fairness and rightness of the issue but from a purely public policy perspective. If you want to empower people to act on their own behalf and you want to undo the injustices of the past, making people dependence upon government money is not the way to do this.
1: Well, and actually all evidence shows us
0: it does the opposite. That's right. And so the point is, is that a uh, what did he say? Fourteen trillion dollars, fourteen trillion dollars in reparations will be like taking everything that LBJ did in the great society and the impacts that that had the war on poverty which became the war on the poor and it will be like adding nuclear weapons to the mix in the war on the poor and it will it will create again further create if 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 the great society created a permanent underclass i don't even know what the next step i don't know how you can make something a a more permanent underclass but a a, a an underclass for all time um, it will it will do the as you
1: just said the exact. Well, opposite uh, of uh, uh, just a couple of of, of add ons there. Number one, uh, so they're talking about fourteen trillion dollars. That's the, that's their estimate to to, right. to repay um, uh, uh, African Americans who are somehow still impacted by the aftermath of slavery. Slavery itself, right. fourteen trillion dollars. Well, since nineteen sixty five, um, and uh, when Lyndon Johnson declared war on poverty, right? Uh, the the U S government has spent taxpayer monies uh 23 trillion dollars Andrew okay so we've already spent 23 trillion on reparations on on trying to right wrongs and to your point it had the opposite right impact we've made look the african american family even under jim crow even in a racist structurally and institutional racist america like I understand that there was a time in this country when 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 police were rogue police officers, when institutions, especially in the South, uh, were institutionally racist. I get it. Structural racism existed in this country. It doesn't exist today, by the way, but it did exist. But even then, even during that oppression, the African-American family was better off in terms of in terms of their wealth, in terms of property. Now, I'm not I'm not excusing. Please, if you're listening to this, I am not excusing Jim Crow. What I'm saying is, is that the great society, the war on poverty, has actually done more damage to the African American family. Perhaps to make this argument than Jim Crow itself.
0: Let's explain why, and and it's it, it comes down to something very simple for me, it's sort of a basic philosophy uh, from which a lot of my beliefs stem from. You know, I, I, I'm going to Jerry just. I'm going to monologue for a second here. So stay with me. So uh, because I was talking about this (laughs) literally back at back at back at CEI yesterday, you know, uh, uh, Fred Smith, um, we've talked about at length on the show, Fred Smith and I were invited in 2006 to a transpartisan event on energy that was held up in the Colorado Rockies. And it was eight uh, conservative or libertarian folks, uh, eight uh, leftists, including Joan Blades from MoveOn.org and Al Gore, among other people. And eight folks supposedly in the middle. The point is, one of the things we did was we had an exercise in which we talked about our core values. And I said, Well, my core value is freedom. And folks were like, Well, I don't understand what that means. Is freedom really a core value? <laughs> I said, Yeah, I wake up in the morning and I want and I think about how we can make people more free. This issue of empowerment versus disempowerment. When when African Americans were empowered to act on their own behalf, right? And even during as you said, Jim Crow. But you know, when when there were advocates amongst the African American community for self reliance, for doing for yourself and bettering yourself, that's that had an, an impact. It's this issue of of uh, of uh, self value, self worth. But when you go down the road of telling people that they are victims and that they are owed something, uh, and it perpetuates this environment, it makes people. Uh, uh, subservient to the state, it makes them dependent upon the state. And then, when you add into this this idea of the nanny state and further working to disempower people, whether it's to disempower people to defend themselves or to disempower people to make choices as to where they live or who they want to hang out with, this is a problem. Um, and that's and that's where we are. We are we have been working. We I'm sorry, the elites. The elites work over time to disempower people of all shapes and sizes, right? This is why I come back to the great failure of the Obama administration was not, well, there are lots of failures, but the great failure of the Obama administration was framing issues in which abuses of power, he framed them as racial issues when he should have been framing them. And of course he didn't because he's an elitist about the powerful versus the disempowered or the
1: powerless. Um,
0: And that's, that's the problem that we have in America.
1: Andrew, you are 100 percent correct. And also, I want to remind our viewers, and our listeners that remember, uh, it was Barack Obama who said that he wants to uh, uh, fundamentally transform America. Right. Think about wrap your head around that comment for a second. Why would a responsible American leader? Um, want to transform, not reform, not change, not tweak, not work for the better, but fundamentally, his words, not my words, fundamentally transform uh, our our uh, America. Uh, why would a responsible American leader say that? Well, because Barack Obama, and more broadly, the elites, the progressive elites, they hate America. Right. They want dependency. They want to transform the market, the family. Look, look at look, it it is not an accident that public schools in this country are, are spending more time. I'm gonna exaggerate here to make a point. I, I'm not sure if it's spending more time, but 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 allow me this exaggeration. Please they're spending more time uh talking with young people about sexual issues and sexualized topics and how to have sex and who who to you know who to you know, who to have sex with instead of teaching science math, uh, instead of teaching reading and writing and great literature in American history, they're not they're they're not teaching those things. well they're they're, they're, they're why? because they because the elites in this country want to fundamentally transform America. Look, I just read a story today about a teacher in Florida a a, 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 a um a, a public school teacher, uh, I guess was going through the class asking who identifies as what? well, I identify as this, I identify as that. And someone said, well, I identify as straight. And do you know this teacher uh, had a had a fit? Oh,
0: my God. That
1: That identifying as straight is inappropriate and offensive. Again, that's wrong by itself. But why the hell is a public school teacher talking to our children about
0: how you identify? But it's also, I mean, doesn't this get down to, in the end, the normalization of identitarian politics? Of course. And it gets down into the divisions of who we are as a people, right? So it gets into where you were just talking about this elites who hate America, right? So we, so we, we, I'm going to S, I'm just going to use the phrase S. I was going to poop. We, we destroy, we sully the reputation of the founding
1: yes, yes. Right? We, we poop all oh, over we, the founding fathers. It's not saying that word. The I American, can't deal with
0: it. Oh. We have a big bowel movement, Jerry. A big PM. <laughs> so <laughs> we we but the point is we denigrate the American founding the principles upon which America was founded um and and so we can't come together and have a common view of who we are as a people America is not the greatest nation on the face of the earth America is one among equals and other nations we're gonna support and promote and, their but, but again let, let, let's on. comment there because oh sorry
1: you finished no, let me, me just comment. make let me just make yeah. a
0: thread and so we, we don't have a common heritage upon which to build upon. And then the left serves to put everybody in their boxes. So yep. if you're a, you, you are a, a queer BIPOC, what is it, BIPOC, uh, um, uh, a person of color, um, you know, so you're in, in this box and you're in that box and you're in that box of this class. And then if you're a straight, white, young male, well, you're the evil person because you identify as a straight, white, conservative male.
1: You know, uh, Johns Hopkins University um, sent out from its DEI office, uh, sent out a notice two weeks ago saying that what does privilege look like? Right.
0: Yes. Thank you. for And
1: and it was uh, if you're white, if you're male, if you are um, heterosexual, if you are Christian, uh, if you own property essentially, again, uh, the elites in this country, it's not enough to fundamentally transform uh, America. What they also want to do is they want to find uh, a, a class or a group uh, to blame and to uh, vilify. And again, you know our our old mentor uh, Fred Smith, said about business. he said industry. He said, if you make something into a pariah, you can tax it, regulate it, right. you can just dis- you can destroy it and so the left has done that with industry with uh with those uh, the doers who are in the arena making things but wait a second they've now done it they or they're now doing it uh, not just uh, in terms of uh, of industry they're now doing it based upon ethnicity and race which is right. very scary
0: but but jerry i mean that's the thing that gets me is yet another uh a free market limited government leader out there was retweeting today a story about wall street being very concerned about donald trump's second term which is insane by the way but but this this free market limited government organization leader was ballyhooing it saying that oh it's right to be concerned about donald trump and i'm sitting here going wait a minute i i don't understand this we are we are in the throes of an economic crisis and when i say this this is not hyperbolic and this is not just talking about this is not just talking about the inflation issue um but it's talking about the the you know the breadth of the economy the falsities when it comes to jobs but but most importantly a regulatory state where, if we continue on the track that the Biden administration has put us on, will cost us seven trillion dollars in direct regulatory cost and nineteen times that in indirect regulatory cost.
1: Andrew, and, and, and on yet, top and, of that, sorry, go ahead. On top of that, we now pay more interest on the debt than we do for national defense. Yes, for all our friends who say on the left who say, or and, and libertarian right who say we spend too much on defense. Well, shame on you we're now spending more on on interest on our debt than we yes. do on national defense i'm telling you the chinese the russians the iranians america's enemies are just waiting for us to collapse on ourselves right it's, yeah. this is you're right the the and this is what bothers me a free market i i i i love these think tankers they're so uh they're so concerned about the dc again we i, I called the cocktail uh, you know circuit where they're in the company of others they want to be accepted there and so their their ticket is to really go after Donald Trump. Right. Now let me say this again I have to clarify I am not a fan of Donald Trump but if, it, if it's Joe Biden versus Donald Trump there is no real choice right absolutely and what bo- and what bothers me are these uh, are these think tankers and these conservatives again taking billions of dollars from from the donor class, in order to do to, in order to in, in order to do what cannot, uh, in terms but blah, 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 blah. Be, yeah. sorry go ahead but uh but the thing is is that uh I don't hear them I don't hear Jonah Goldberg I don't hear uh um uh uh Chris Christie just talked about this these last couple of days that he is seriously considering uh voting for Joe Biden how can Chris Christie run for the GOP nomination and then say he's gonna could You know, w- w- where is the criticism of Joe it, Biden? Let's take it from a basic
0: substantive policy perspective. Let's talk about think tank leaders that are not supposed to be political and are not supposed to be partisan, but they're supposed to focus on the issues. How can right. you, with a straight face, run an organization that is fighting the fight on things like regulation and raising great alarm about you know, what the Biden administration is doing in terms of regulatory accountability and transparency, uh, in terms of the administrative state, in terms of putting people in power who are expanding the administrative state and abusing their powers in terms of the administrative state that are pushing cases before the Supreme Court on those issues. And then with a straight face, say Donald Trump would be worse than Joe Biden. That does not make any sense. We are in a, if we are in a crisis here, and I believe we are, right, the, the administrative state cannot get bigger it's going to but it should not um
1: a, 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 four more years of
0: joe biden yeah. is 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 not what we need
1: andrew uh beth moore who is a um who is a christian uh uh leader uh, uh she is a uh, author uh she has a great following of millions of mostly uh, uh she a female uh, uh, audience Christian women came out the other day on Twitter and wrote something. You know, synopsis is Trump is such a bad character. He's of such low moral uh, character. How can any Christian support him? And she has done this before in 2020, 2016. You know, she was very anti Trump uh, from a Christian perspective. I understand how a Christian might say low character. I'm gonna sit it out. I'm going to right. vote for Congress, vote for Senate, vote for mayor. I just can't I can't for 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 because I, I because of in my heart of hearts, I can't vote for such a man. Now never mind the problem with that because there's lots of bad men and bad women who run in politics. Right. But here's the thing I and I searched. Beth Moore has never said anything about Joe Biden and Democrats, right has never commented on their celebration of abortion. She has not commented on how Democrats and progressives are uh, promoting transgenderism and and uh, and chemical castration and mutilation of young people. Uh, she has not commented on the humanitarian uh, uh, crisis at our border. She hasn't commented on the chaos in the Middle East. or uh, my point is is that, and this is this is true for the never Trumpers and for the think tankers, they they will criticize Trump with a kind of right. moral superiority, but they will not criticize Joe Biden, and it makes no sense to me. And let me let me let's say say one last thing, please. And please. that is, uh, and that is, um, I again I understand this, but but at the end of the day, we have to look at who is going to uh, do less harm almost. Right. Jerry, it gets back to
0: the op-ed that you and I wrote back in October of 2016, in which we engaged in this mental gymnastics about what to do right. in terms of the election. And the 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 conclusion in the end was, yes, when you're voting for the lesser of two evils, you're still voting for evil. But on the other hand, if by not voting for the lesser of two evils, you aid and abet the election of the greater evil, then It behooves you. You have a moral obligation
1: to vote for that lesser of two evils. That's should that's the bottom should 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 uh, should we rethink history? And was it wrong for FDR to align himself with Stalin to defeat Nazism?
0: Right. That's exactly it. That's a great that's a great a great point to make um you know that's that's it's it again it's the most well-intentioned policies you know
1: here's part of the problem you and i don't have any difficulty just speaking our mind yes because because we know our mind yeah you know show me show me a man or a woman who knows his or herself their own mind and i show you someone who has 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 moral courage yeah intellectual intellectual um Intellectual uh, 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 credibility and honesty. Here's the problem with those uh, who uh, criticize Trump, but are silent on progressives and silent on Joe Biden and the rest of it. It's like the abortion issue. Many conservatives don't want to talk about abortion. When they do talk about abortion, they make the issue uh, worse for conservatives. Sure. They, they haven't learned how to talk about this issue. I can talk about it to anyone, and I'll debate anyone on it because, because I'm right, and I have the science, and I have the morals, and I have the law. I have everything on my side. I'll have that. I'll argue this ar- with anyone, and I'll win the argument. By the way today we're recording it today's March for life day I know it is March for life day but but see but but uh Trump is almost like the abortion of of presidential politics uh there are people who understand uh, like with abortion we know it's wrong yeah. but I just want it to go away I just want it to go away I don't want to talk about it it just is going to hurt us well the same thing with Trump you know I know he's better than Biden. But I don't know how to talk about about him at a dinner party or when I'm with my colleagues at a at a uh, at a black tie dinner. I just want him to go away. And you know what? And I get points. I get points uh, for saying that he's bad and we can't elect him. Just like the libertarians love to be pro-choice uh, because they think it gets some they get some points with the right and the, I mean with the left rather. And you know the bottom line is let's stop doing this. The left knows its own mind and they speak their truth which is not the truth, but they speak it loudly and they, and they put their right. actions where their minds are. We, we still don't do that. We, we have to be,
0: we have, we to, don't do we have it. to be better at it. Jerry, listen, I know you wanted to do a tight, a, a, a tight. Uh, 40
1: yes, indeed. It's today. a, it and is we a. Snow- I I yeah. was out, I was out shoveling earlier yes. today. Uh, and, uh, and it looks like we're going to have a little family reunion here at the Rogers. Fun. Uh, uh, the, the girls are coming out. Everyone's home from school. I think the kids all want to go uh have a winter a winter holiday uh sledding and such things. So did you um did you
0: uh did you go ice skating? Where we were why were we... oh yeah, um,
1: I was up I was we up did there. not go, go because of because of the snow. We didn't go into ice skate. So um
0: yeah, because I was up I was up in, in Rockville on 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 Monday and drove past
1: someplace where there was ice skating. Um so you on on Sunday? Sunday, it's Jerry WBAL. I tell you what, I and I, you know, in all humility, <laughs> go and listen to my 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 yes. last two podcasts over at WBAL uh, Podcast. It 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 really is the best radio that's on right now.
0: And uh, you got to check out this week's uh, lunch hour with Federal Newswire. I sit down with Kevin Cirilli. It's a great interview. Yes, fascinating stuff. Uh, talking about this, all kinds of of good things uh, happening there. Uh, Jerry, what do you want folks to do?
1: Oh, find the truth. Plant your feet and stand firm. God bless you.
0: Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, Please let your friends and family members know about the lunch hour. Subscribe. Leave us a lunch hour. Let your friends and family members know about Andrew and Jerry Save the World. Um, Leave a review. Subscribe. uh, Tweet us out on social media. Uh, Have a great week, everybody. Have fun. And please stay safe.